time I hear Dan's voice, it just it tugs at the heartstrings a little bit, and I miss him. Uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of One-on-One with AEP here on the Let's Talk Sports Network. If you're listening to us on Spotify, hello. How are you? Um, definitely check out the YouTube if you haven't yet. Check out everything else here on Spotify and whatnot. Uh, before we bring on our guest tonight, a uh, quick rundown of the shows we got. Of course, um, if you just missed it, we had our uh, Inside Cowboys Nation with myself and Flo from the Bottom Line Sports. Uh, that just ended a little bit ago, so definitely go back and check that out. Uh, Tuesday on the mat, our brand new wrestling show with myself and Mr. First Down. That'll be at 9.15 on Tuesday. Uh, the baseball show is coming back. It'll be back uh, Wednesday night. Myself, Jonathan Grishman, and Scott Cobe. Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern is what we're shooting for. It might be later. Who knows? Um, we're still trying to figure that time out. Uh, and then also on Tuesday night, NFC East Roundtable at 9 p.m. Eastern as well. And then next Saturday, we already have our guest for next week lined up for this show. One-on-one uh, -on -one with AP. My guest next week will be Paul Redman from Good Teams Win, Great Teams Cover. That'll be at noon Eastern next Saturday, so definitely check that out. But without further ado, my guest on tonight's show uh, is somebody I consider one of the pillars here at Let's Talk Sports. A man previously had the title of the man of a thousand shows. Now I've pretty much taken that over from him. Uh, you know, he... Definitely does a lot of good work on this network. He's a big-time Dolphins fan. He's just started his Yankee show this week. Ladies and gentlemen, also, Let's Talk Sports show, big contributor on that as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only Mr. Yankee fan himself, Johnny Cruz. <laughs> what is going on? I, I truly, truly appreciate the whole pillar uh, of, of the, the LTS network. Um <clears throat> I appreciate that big time. And yes, my title of, of Mr. Having a Thousand Shows is definitely all yours. <laughs> um, I completely you know, I appreciate you having me on. I completely agree with you about the intro and hearing Dan's voice. That was just chef's kiss. That was perfectly done by Tanner. Shout out to Tanner Dawson, the man uh, who does a lot of the production work and stuff for us. And of course, mm -hmm. a big contributor uh, on LTS. Um, yeah, I love that intro. And um yeah, it's nice to hear Dan's voice. I miss him big time. What's going on, Flo? Um, yeah, but um, I guarantee, yeah, I hope he's looking down and, and is proud of, of what we're trying to do in his name. And um, I guarantee you he is, he is proud of you, Alan, and what you've done and stuff and what, you, what you've what built for yourself. You're doing a hell of a job, man. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, bro. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I'm just trying to do what I can, you know, with the time that I have, just try to do what I can. You know, yeah. that's what I, that's every time Dan would talk to me, it'd be like, I'll, I'm just going to do whatever I can for you, man. Like, yeah. if I have the time, I'll be here. Like, yeah, yeah. Work, I mean, work, work, work sent me home this week because I, I got injured at work this week. So, and oh, the, wow. the first thing I did Thursday was, you know, when I got home was not, you know, take care of myself or medically take care of myself. It was message Tanner is like, Hey, do you need me for anything this week? <laughs> so, you know, well, I mean, that it's, it's what Dan, yeah, I hope you're okay. First of all, you were saying, nothing, Oh yeah, I'm fine you know. now. I'm fine. Okay. Now. I'm glad to hear that. Um, but that, that's what Dan wanted with this community was everybody looking out for each other. Everybody, you know, obviously putting out good content um, and doing their shows, but anytime, we can cross it up and you know collaborate and help each other out. You know, that's what he was all about. So um, I mentioned I'm, I'm this to that. him. I asked him this last week when he when I had him on. I was like, "How how impressed have you been with with the the growth of the network since he's since he's taken over?" And he he himself said he's he's loved every second of it. What do, how do you feel with um, how the how the channel's kind of grown a little bit? these past few months, like with the new shows, this show coming back, you know, you got your Yankee show now. 
Uh, yeah. The LTS show has is, is grown a lot since you guys started it. How, how, how impressed have you been with the network since we kind of went, you know, we're, we're taking this to a whole new level now? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with, with the progress that we've all made. I mean, obviously, you know, <clears throat> Tanner is, is, is killing it, like I said, with a, a lot of the stuff that he does behind the scenes and putting everything together and kind of taking the reins, you know, um, that Dan wanted him to do as far as kind of, you know, behind the scenes and, and making sure everything's lined up. And, you know, that was something that, that we all spoke to Dan about in his last you know days and stuff like that, is doing whatever we could to to continue on his name and what he had started here. Um, I love the direction it's going. I love the the, the brand shows uh, that Tanner is coming up with for, for the for the LTS network, you know, we got the LTS show, you got your, your one-on-one with AP and your other shows. You mentioned, you know, pinstripe perspective, which I'm still, it's a tongue twisted. I'm still trying to get it, but it's essentially inside the Yankees where um, I'm, you know, got my, my Yankee show back on Tuesdays uh, at seven o'clock. I'm still doing aqua and orange insights with uh, Alex and Byron on Monday nights at seven. And then like you mentioned the LTS show, uh, Mondays and Thursdays, but I, I love the direction that we're going. There's, there's still stuff in the works as well. Uh, so it's awesome, man. I mean, I know, you know, after football season, there's kind of a lull, at least for a lot of people who, you know, focus mostly on, on football, but um, there's always stuff to talk about. There's always, you know, content to be made and discussed out there. So um, mm-hmm. if you're new, subscribe, smash that like button, help my boy Alan out here. Um, and definitely want to turn on notifications, like Alan mentioned. You know what I'm saying? His baseball show is coming back. Uh, you know, let's talk Major League Baseball, like he mentioned with Jonathan and Scott. Uh, so you definitely want to have notifications on because as much as we would love to just, you know, have it set on doing this, you know, life happens. Um, so sometimes we got to adjust times and stuff like that. So you definitely right. want to have notifications on so that you know exactly uh, when the shows are coming up. But no, I, I love what, what, what everybody has done for this, and I love what Tanner's doing. I'm proud to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. As am I. I'm, I'm <clears throat> extremely proud to be a part of it. And I know we we poke fun at each other all the time, but it's like Nick says, we raise each other out of love. So uh, uh, absolutely, it's what it's what family it's what family does, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we 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 give each other a hard time and we joke with each other, whatever. But yeah, like you just said, and, and Nick said, it's it, it's it's out of love. If if we didn't if we didn't like you or care about you, we wouldn't say shit. So. You know, and apologies. Try to keep it clean here for the for the Spotify people and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes nah, man, we don't have a filter, <laughs> right? But yeah, it's, it's it's one big one big family, and you know, what I'm saying you're gonna you're gonna disagree on stuff and whatever. And but that's I don't know. I, I, that's part of why I got into this is is people have different opinions. That's that's what makes things better. That's what makes you evolve and grow. Is different information and other people's perspectives and opinions on things. That's, that's how you have conversation. That's how you grow as opposed to just being one, you know, just being short sighted and just, I have this opinion. That's it. You either agree with me or you don't, which unfortunately, you know, Mm -hmm. goes on in this world a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I I love the way we do it here at LTS, man. That's why you don't see many Cowboys fans on this network. (laughs) I'll just say that. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, and, and again, that's just, you know, say I mean you're 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 the cow. You know, say you're the man for the for the cowboy stuff. First of all, on LTS, you know, what I'm saying so it is what it is. But you know, what I'm saying like again, like there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in, in 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 you know in the content world as far as dolphins content creators. It's it's going insane what, how they're going at each other's throats and stuff like that right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know ultimately we're all dolphin fans. You know, what I'm saying so. That's that should be the core of your content, but you know, clickbait and ne- unfortunately negativity sells. Um, so a lot of people jump on being negative and stuff like that because that'll get more attention and get more clicks. But um, that's why, again, I love what Dan built here and how we've kept it going. Again, we 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 mess with each other, or whatever, but at the same time, it, it's all done. You know, say like like Flo said, with love, and you know, there's there's nothing personal or you know, we don't get vindictive and go at each other in, in a in a bad way because that's not what it's about Mm-mm. no no you know even though i have a great 
bitter hatred towards the Houston Astros. I still love the the, the Just fans. Yeah. Guys, so uh, you you have a, a problem with the Houston there, Astros as oh, a Yankee yeah. fan? You're know saying like the Houston Astros have not exactly been my favorite well, team yeah, over well, the last 10, 12 years. That is but, true. But uh, true. true to that, that flow, my, my my apologies, Flo. Yeah, Flo, <laughs> Flo, Canteen, of course, Cowboys fans. But um, yeah, shout out to to the Just fans guys, Carlos Rios and and, and Poppy there. You know what I'm saying? That, that rivalry it, is just starting. Uh, I feel yeah. like the Houston Texas rivalry is starting to become not quite on the level of Yankees Red Sox, but it's getting getting well, to that well, point. Well, I mean the the one the one feather in your cap is you guys were actually able to win a title. So that's, you know what I'm saying, that's a good thing for you guys as far they, as the they discussion. Bragged about, but, they bragged about winning the division, so we took their World Series. How right. That? Well, I mean, shit, I'll take a World Series over a division anytime, bro. But yeah, no, the Houston Astros organization itself uh, and team has been a thorn in Yankee fans' uh, side for, for, again, like the last decade plus. Um, so I'm, I was rooting for you big time to, to not only win that division, but you know, if we weren't going to be there, I wanted you to be happy and if your Rangers to win, but no, but again, like you just mentioned that those are obviously Houston Astro guys and stuff like that. And I, I love those guys. Those guys are so much fun and there's a lot of mutual respect that have been on their show. They've been on, on our show. So mm-hmm. again, we can all have our favorite teams and collaborate and, and you know, poke fun and have our fun with each other. But at the same time, there's, as much respect that if they needed me for something, you know what I'm saying? Like that's where it all falls back to, you know, having each other's backs and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we'll start with the dolphins first because uh Flo's comment here mentions how, you know, hot take take talks about it's time to move on from Tua. And it seems like that's kind of what the, the, the Miami dolphin fandom is divided on. Most yeah. of the time is, do we keep Tua? Do we get rid of Tua? What's Tua's role in this offense? What's Tua's role on this team? What do you think, as a Dolphins fan, about your quarterback and where he's headed right now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's that's a complete understatement to say that that he's he is the reason uh, that this fan base is completely divided right now. To be completely honest, you have this whole Tua non craziness that started, you know pretty much right after he got drafted. Um, I'm of the belief that a lot more of them are actually Alabama fans than true Dolphin fans, but whatever. Um, but as far as the, the Tua subject himself, um, he, he's a Dolphin fan. He's a Dolphin player, so I'm going to cheer for him regardless. And that's where a lot of Dolphin fans kind of get it twisted. I'm a Dolphin fan first. I want the Dolphins to succeed. I want the Dolphins to win. If, if he's our quarterback – then I'm a root for him, obviously, and I want him to be successful. You have a lot of Dolphin fans that just want to see this kid fail, which obviously means the team will fail, and they don't care if the team fails, just want him to fail so that they can say, see, he's not the dude. He's not that guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's that drives me nuts or whatever, but that's one of, part of what's going on in this in this uh, Dolphin Nation right now with this divide, again, on with all the content creators that they're having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do that times, times, times a thousand as far as the the conversation and the argument though flow as far as two is concerned. Um, I think he's a good player. Um, I think he is a, still a young player. I think he's still a developing player. Um, do I think we can win with him? Yes, I think we can win with him. Is he Patrick Mahomes? Is he Josh Allen? Is he no? No, he's not that type of quarterback. But again, how many Patrick Mahomes are out there? There's only one of one. Um, we get a little too quick to just anoint a lot of quarterbacks elite and stuff like that. No, right now Patrick Mahomes is elite, and then there's a, another tier below him where you have Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, a couple guys like that, and a little bit below that you got. Because as much as people love Justin Herbert, he hasn't done crap in his career. So I would put Tua with the Justin Herbert, Dak, you know, guys like that. Purdy's up in that column right about now. But there's Patrick Mahomes, and then there's pretty much everybody else. But the the kid has been through a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like people forget or they they seem to not want to put in perspective or in context the fact that that was a that was a devastating hip injury that he dealt with. Um, come right in his last season of Alabama, um, he came out in a COVID year, had to try to get himself ready for a draft. 
the Dolphins decided to pick him, you know, say over Justin Herbert. So that immediately became a thing with the whole Tua Herbert thing. So you had that issue with our fan base. Although at the time, because I was, I was of the opinion at that time, I didn't care who they picked. I just wanted them to have like some some certainty in who they wanted and make sure that they did everything possible to to help that young man succeed. Whether it was Justin Herbert, Tua, I personally, if it was me, I would have taken Jordan Love at 18 because we had three first round picks that year. So I, I wanted to take either the best tackle that was there or I wanted to take Isaiah Simmons. And then I wanted to take Jordan Love at 18 or something like that. So I didn't care as long as the team had conviction. They chose Tua. So he dealt with the hip, COVID, a coach that did not want him at all. Um, he honestly should have been redshirted his first year. But for some reason, you know, I'm sure it was probably the front office that decided, you know, they're going to bring him in. Or your owner, uh, one of the two. Or the owner. And I, I'm sure it seemed like the, 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 the plan was that on their bye week that they were going to bring him in. Now, originally the bye week was week 11. But because of all the COVID stuff and stuff having to be moved around, they moved our bye week up to week seven. And we had just won two games in a row with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The team was three and three, and they looked like they were going somewhere. And then all of a sudden, they just insert Tua and supposedly didn't even tell um, Chan Gailey and stuff like that. So it was just a whole, a whole big hubbub, you know, to for him to start his career. Um, then Mike McDaniel comes, you know, last season or two seasons ago because we just passed the, the twenty-three season, twenty-two. And, you know, develops this offense around this kid. We somehow Tyreek Hill comes available because Kansas City doesn't want to pay him. We sign him. And then they built the offense around Tua, Tyreek, and Waddle. And they built it to his skill set, which is quick timing, passing, you know, quick. he has a quick release. You know, he's very accurate. So they built the offense around what he can do well. And I think it's a good plan. I like what they've done. My concern is a little bit more with Mike McDaniel right now, to be completely honest, than it is Tua. Mm -hmm. But as far as Tua is concerned, again, he's young. I think he has room to grow. I think he can continue to get better. I think he will get better. Um, but is he is he that guy? I don't know yet because I haven't seen that guy show up in the big moments. And that's what matters. You know what I'm saying? In December, January, and you know, this was his first playoff game. But, like, he did nothing. The offense did nothing in that playoff game. Um, and if you look at the season, which was a fun season, we put up a bunch of points and broke a bunch of Dolphin records for offense. Um, in those last couple months, this offense couldn't do much of anything against the better teams, you know, and they, they kind of fizzled down the end there. So is he is he a great quarterback? No. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he has the potential to be better. We just have to see what happens over this next year or so, or at least this year coming up. But um, a lot of the issue that's going on right now is whether or not they should pay him. You know, I am of the mindset, and you can check out what, you know, what me and Byron talked about this, you know, just this past Monday on Aqua and Orange Insights. So definitely check it out. It's on Spotify as well. I personally think they should make him play the fifth-year option and then see what he does. But that is the that is the essence of, of a lot of controversy right now is whether or not they should pay Tua um, a big deal and whether he's worth, you know, 50 something million dollars, which is insane to me, but that's what the market is. I don't think that he should set the market, but that's usually the way free agency goes. I'm um, pretty sure when Dak got his 40 something million, I don't know if you thought, yeah, he's definitely deserving a 40 something million or whatever he got. But that's just how the, that's how free agency works. So he's I mean, a good quarterback. He has room to grow. I think he has the potential to be better, but he's not he's not there yet. I mean, they're talking about extending him this year too. So yeah. he might he might get more. Dak might be getting more money on top of that. Although Flo and I did talk about this on our show earlier that uh, you know we both think that the Cowboys should go quarterback early in the draft. Like we even we even made off the the thought of you know go get a guy like a Michael Penix if he's there at twenty four because I, push, I mean push that push that a little harder why don't you let's let's push him see what he can do 
See, and I'm 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 all about that too. That's that's something that um you know a lot of Dolphin fans have complained about is the lack of competition. Um not just for Tua, but even for Ryan Tannehill. Like they never brought in legit competition when Ryan Tannehill was a quarterback. And that was one of fans' biggest complaints is like you just you're just handing it to him. You're not letting him not making him earn it. Um and it seems like they have a similar mindset with Tua. And I know that from what I've heard and read and stuff like that, like the organization loves Tua. And he's he's a great kid. He's somebody that you would want to be the face of your franchise as far as the way he conducts himself and the, you know he's he's all about treating people with respect and stuff like that that's cool and that's great but i need to see that dude on the field so if bringing in competition is what is something that you need to do i think you should do it i'm with you i'm i'm a i've been of the mindset to where i think you draft the quarterback every year not necessarily in the first round but i think you draft the quarterback every year until you find that guy so that was part of people's issue i think the subject i brought up on twitter or something about you know should should we take a quarterback with the 21st pick and my thought process is if there's a guy there that you like take him you know what i mean make to a play on the fifth year option take that quarterback you know what I'm saying? Have the quarterback sit behind two unless he beats out. It is a quarterback wealthy draft. This right, year. right. And the, and the thing about it, bro, is like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes showed it in this Super Bowl once again. And again, this can can you win with two? I think you can win with Tua. Everything else, a lot of things have to go right with the rest of the team, though, for Tua, in my opinion, to, to be able to win a, a championship. Similar to what San Francisco has. You know, with Brock Purdy, like I, I like Brock Purdy. I think he's a good quarterback, but that's an awesome roster that's built around him in San Francisco. And to be quite honest, there were a couple throws there in that game that if he makes those couple throws, San Francisco wins that game. The difference is Patrick Mahomes did make those throws. Brock Purdy didn't. So do you again? I, if you have an opportunity to get a quarterback, you need a quarterback in this league in order to be able to win games, uh, to win those necessary games in the playoffs and stuff like that. For Lamar Jackson, all this hype for Lamar Jackson, he won an MVP and he lost another playoff game. You know what I'm saying? So in his house, the number one team with home field advantage lost the game to, to Patrick Mahomes, which I think a lot of us AFC teams are going to have to just – and that's still the knock on Lamar is that he can't win the big game in the postseason. It's kind of right. kind of like Dak Prescott, right? Can't win the big game in the postseason, right? And, and and that's what is and that's what makes or breaks your mm-hmm. your career and the whole narrative as far as you know what, when people say that you're a great quarterback or not. It's whether or not you win the the big games and playoff games and. You know, get take your team to a Super Bowl for for as much slack. And I know this, you know, this is kind of off topic as far as the person, but like an Eli Manning. You know, I'm saying there's a lot of debate on whether or not Eli's a Hall of Famer, and that's going to be debated forever. I don't know what side you sit on as a Dallas Cowboy fan or whatever, but you know what? When they needed him to make plays in the biggest games, he made those plays. I was saying his stat wise, it wasn't anything that jumps no, out. No, his you. no, his regular season but, stats were pretty much kind of average for the for the time as far as those quarterbacks put, in that you time. You put Eli Manning in the postseason, he's a completely different quarterback. Exactly. He really is. And that's and I mean that's the most important thing. And it up and for Eli Manning, Tom Brady would have nine Super Bowls. Yes. So we and gotta again, get, at least give him credit inc- for that. Include including a perfect season. So that's if why he, he would have had a perfect season too. Yes, that's that what I'm saying. That is the most iconic Super Bowl upset aside right. from Super Bowl thirty. Yeah, because that was probably had more significance because for the league as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. That is the most that is the most iconic yes. Super Bowl upset but, of all time was the Giants beating the Patriots. A- absolutely, and as, as a Dolphin fan, obviously, and I don't know how other Dolphin fans feel, like I'm always gonna have a soft spot for Eli Manning and for the New York Giants. I mean, I'm born and raised in New York anyway, and I've always leaned more Giants than Jets anyway. I don't know if that's probably why I gravitated towards the Dolphins. Well, it was that it was. It was him. Well, Jet, Jet's oh, I became a Dolphin fan. I feel. That, that's yep. why I became a Dolphin fan was actually Dan Marino. But I've always kind of liked the Giants or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I um, think Jet, but I, Jets fans are a little bit more rowdy than Giants fans. 
uh, yeah, you'll, you'll be so you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. But um, but Giants fans have a right to again. They they have the titles, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll always have a soft spot uh, for the Giants and for Eli. But again, like, like we're talking about Eli, when it was crunch time, when it was money time, he made the throws needed. He made the plays needed to win the two Super Bowls, and that's what he's going to be remembered for. You know what I'm saying? You know, Joe Montana doesn't have the most eye-popping regular season total numbers, but in the playoffs, he, he was really good. Now, did he win every playoff game? No. But he's in Super Bowls, he's 4-0 with 11 touchdowns and no interceptions. So the biggest game that there is, he was about as clutch and as perfect as you can get. And those are the ones. Game, those are the ones you remember. Two game-winning drives as well. Right. Yes, Both like against that's one, the Bengals. Yeah, we we talked about it on the LTS show last week, something like that. I, I we, you know, we, we ranked the the greatest Super Bowls, and that Super Bowl twenty-three I have right here on this notebook here uh, in nineteen eighty-eight, San Francisco winning over Cincinnati twenty sixteen, and I remember that one. <laughs> What's going on, Sam? I did actually, but you don't you don't be paying attention to me on our LTS show. Um, I mentioned that I was going to be on <laughs> Alan's show on Saturday, but I, you know, say so it's all good. I appreciate you checking us out, and yes, Sam, I'm here. Um, but that's one of my like fondest memories as a little kid was watching. You know, what I'm saying San Francisco because I wanted Cincinnati to win. You know, '88, I was you know 11. I hadn't even turned 12 yet. Um, so I, I dug the Cincinnati Bengals helmet. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was a cool looking helmet to me. So I wanted Cincinnati to win. Um, and I had just started following the Dolphins at that time. So I definitely wanted San Francisco to lose because I knew that they beat Dan Marino a few years earlier. And what does he do? He drives down the field and scores that, that iconic touchdown to, to John Taylor in the back of the end zone and, and, and beat Cincinnati. So yeah, when he needed to be clutched money he he was he was money and that's those are hard to find you're know saying there's there's a lot of good quarter that's why i said the, the whole elite thing that it gets thrown around too much the whole genius word gets thrown around too much you know what I'm saying as far as elite there's one elite dude and it's it's 15 in kansas city so everybody else is there's a bunch of good quarterbacks and different levels of good quarterback but if you have an opportunity to get one you, you have to take that chance yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Dan Marino. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's a that's a given, though, bro. I mean, he's one of the he's the one of the greatest, you know, saying passers of the football ever. You know, what I'm saying, if not the best passer ever. You know, what I'm saying, as far as actual quarterback and winning and stuff like that. Yeah, no, but mm-hmm. I, I blame that a little bit more on the organization that I do, Dan Marino. But that's a different that's a different subject. That you that's mm-hmm. one of those that I'm gonna have a discussion with the guys on. So definitely check out the upcoming uh, Aqua and Orange Insights because we're going to have a discussion about our Dolphin organization and what they have and haven't done um, through their history to, to kind of support their players. So mm-hmm. definitely look, be on the lookout for that. But no, nah, man, I, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, if, if, if there's a guy there at 21 and you like this kid, not even that, bro. I mean, I know they're not going to do it because the Dolphins, like it, I said, they're, they're, not- they're, in love, they're in love with Tua. But if, if you thought – that there was a quarterback in this drive that you had to have, then I move up and go get him. You know what I'm saying? If, if somebody is there, you know, obviously you're not going to get one of the top two, you know what I'm saying? But if you can get to 10 or something like that, if the third, you know what I'm saying? If there's somebody there, if you think the Daniels kid from LSU is the next kid, one that, that can be him, then you make a move and try to get up and get him or Penix or whoever, you know what I'm saying? Or if there's somebody, hey, I like this kid, I think I can develop him, and you want to grab him in the second or third round, do it. Like I, I Again, Tua is a good player, but he hasn't shown me that he's that dude yet. Like I said, in the big games against the big the playoff teams, he hasn't come through. And again, his first playoff game, you know, even before the playoff game, you had a home game against your arch rival Buffalo Bills, for the division, and you can't win that. You can't put that game away. And the defense kept us in the game and gave us every opportunity to win the game. Yes, I know special teams gave up the 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 punt return touchdown, but our offense scored seven points. Our offense, I think I put up the stat. I would have to look for it, but I think we scored something like 
15 points or something like that, or 22 points total in the second half of, the, of our last, like, five or six games. Like, that's horrible. You know what I'm saying? Down the stretch. So, again, Tua would have to prove it to me. And if there's somebody there that they that they like, I say go get him. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, go get Kirk Cousins. Because I'm always of the opinion you don't get rid of what you have unless you have a better option. And there's a lot of people saying, oh, we can go get Kirk Cousins. Don't, I don't want to hear that. Don't give me the Kirk Cousins shit. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. they're, 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 I know, I know, I know. Flo's trying to say, you know, time to get rid of him. But who in the league right now is better than Tua? That, that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like who? Like, who that's available. Who, who's that's a available. free agent is better than Tua? Right. right now. Oh, and, and a lot of people, again, you know, Kirk Cousins is a very popular one amongst Dolphin fans that are ready to give up on Tua. Another one is Justin Fields, and, and if you've heard. Seen me on on LTS. I actually like Justin Fields and think that he can develop into a really good player. I do too. I do too. But I, I'm not gonna give up. Uh, you know, saying a lot for the kid. You know, saying. But if the Dolphins decided, all right, you know what, we're gonna give up our second round pick for Justin Fields, then okay, let, is, bring him in. Let bring me, him in. Let, let, let him compete. This. Let me ask you this, Johnny. Is part of the knock on Tua is the fact that he's left handed? Because we've there's actually, not we've a, act- there's not a lot of left. He's the only no, 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 no. I mean, it does it kind of throw some people off? Yes, I believe that. You know, saying we we've actually well, had this, this discussion day, before. In this modern day and age, yes, because all that you had tons of lefties back in the day. You had yeah. tons of left-handed quarterbacks back in the day, right? You, you but know, now, yeah, the, I, I mean, mean, and now you're about to get a second one in Michael Penix, who's right. So also yeah, so, to, so like I, I mean, again, like. Yes, it may you know throw some people off, but as far as the why people don't like him, and, and I mean, there's actually people who throw the hate word around, which I try not to use, but there's people that like just they just hate the kid and want the kid to fail. It's deeper than him just being left-handed. Um, I don't know if it's the whole Alabama thing. I don't know if it's all the hype that he has gotten. Even though, again, he's a polarizing figure, he made one of the best plays. And, you know, college football history, winning that national title as a freshman. Um, but I, even then, I was a bit of a skeptic going into his final year because, I, you know, there were a lot of other big games throughout his college career that I didn't see him step up when he needed – the team needed him to step up in those big games. So, um, me and you have actually discussed this whole left-handed thing before – like I said, it may catch a little some people off as far as you know being a little unusual, or whatever. But I don't think that's the reason for all the the, the negativity that that he um, kind of gets. It's it's honestly for his his lack of coming up big in those moments. You're saying as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned, and, and most you know level headed Dolphin fans that aren't you know either totally in love with this kid and think he's the next coming of you're saying whatever. Um, and then the ones that just purely just hate the kid and want him to fail. Like I'm, I'm a Dolphin fan, like I said first, so I want him to succeed because he's our quarterback. But I, I haven't seen him come up clutch when we really needed him to come up clutch yet, and that's what I need to see if I was the organization before I paid him. But for the people saying that we need to move on from him, what's going on, Nathan? Nathan. For the people saying that we need to move on from him, it's like, what What are the other options? And, again, don't tell me Kirk Cousins coming off of an Achilles injury at 30-whatever years old. Nah, I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? If that's the case, then I ride it out on to his fifth year and then draft a quarterback or give up a second-round pick or something for, for a Justin Fields and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? But – uh, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to bringing in competition and stuff like that. Like some Dolphin fans are, but I'm not just going to just, you know, people say, oh, we need to just cut him and move on. No, you, you can't do that, first of all. You know what I'm saying? But um, like I said, I, I I wouldn't give him the money. I like him. I think he can still – I think he's only still 24, 25 years old, so he's still young. He's still developing. He's actually going into the third year of an offense for the first time since high school, you know what I'm saying? Every year in college and in his first three years in the NFL, he had a different coordinator and a different system. Mm-hmm. So going into this third year with Mike McDaniel, with these weapons, I think I think the 
I think all the issues with the concussions last year affected this season for him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you saw him bulk up. You know, what I'm saying he got he got a lot bigger. Um, you know, which he was never really small. I mean, he was he's not the tallest or whatever, but he was always thick, especially around the waist and legs and stuff like that. But he got stronger so that he can take those hits or whatever. He got a little smarter getting rid of the ball and stuff like that. I think personally, and I don't know, you know, saying I don't have no insight as far as you know, like no, <clears throat> no, you know, sources in the in the in the in the organization or anything like that. But I think the mindset of what they told him was like, we need to make sure you get through the season. So if you got to get rid of the ball, don't worry about scrambling. Don't worry about doing stuff like that. Just if the reads aren't there, get rid of the ball. If somebody's coming unblocked, go down, which I think is a detriment to him. Because if you saw him in his first couple years, like he actually moved around, you know, and, and made some plays with his legs. I think this year the emphasis was we need you to stay healthy the whole season. So get rid of the ball. Don't take any hits. And I think that's a bad thing. So hopefully next year they kind of let him – you know, saying play more of his game because he, he, he was he was able to move around a bit. He can he can do some bootleg stuff. Like, can we see a bootleg? Like Mike, the the Mike Shanahan offense always had bootleg plays and stuff like that. I didn't. I don't think I saw one bootleg this whole season. I think you need to incorporate that into this kid's game so that he can evolve and actually take that next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again. You can't really do much of anything this year because there's not really a quarterback free agency. No, no, it's like, like I said, yeah, a lot of people are on the Justin Fields thing. If if they want to give up a pick, obviously not the first pick, the first round pick, but if they want to give up a second round pick or or something like that for Justin Fields, go for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not opposed to competition. I think competition brings out the best in, in athletes. So. Bring it on, man! But don't don't just give me oh, we'll just go get Kirk Cousins or go get this guy or that guy in this. Uh, no, again, I'm not gonna give up on a 24 year old kid um, for just anybody. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if there's an opportunity to to bring in some competition, they they need to do it. I think personally. Now, now with our quarterback, on the other hand, it's kind of a different story because it's it's his tenth year almost, and it's that's like, okay, yeah now. Now, now we're starting to get to the point where it's like, uh, right. maybe it's time to go look somewhere else. I mean, I we've had discussions, me and you, on on Dak and on your 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 Cowboys. I, I was of the impression that they should have done that a few years ago. To be quite honest, brought somebody in to either compete with him or a young kid to start developing to start the process, so that you're not in the situation you're in right now. You might have had somebody in there for a couple years that might have hopefully been able to already to take over the reins um, from Dak. But that's a different story. He's 10 years in to us. Yes, he's going on his fifth year, but technically the third year with Mike McDaniel. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm going to give him a little more leeway. Um, but I, I felt this way about Ryan Tannehill. Like, they, we kept Ryan Tannehill for seven years. And, like, you knew, you knew, we, or at least I do, we ain't going to win with this kid. Like, I, I do when we – when we drafted him and I, you know, I got, I got my hopes up and, you know, every off season you think, okay, you know, we got some, you know, maybe we could make a run, but you know, when you saw him actually play in those clutch situations, he didn't have it. And he, it was, he was way worse. You would say two at least shows, you know, saying that he has the ability to make some plays. He just needs to, you know, show it when it means the most, which is, you know, December, January and in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we don't have a lot of time because I know you have to be off here pretty soon. But uh, um, do want to get into the Yankee some Yankee stuff real quick here, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll unfortunately we won't be able to talk Star Wars. But do it's we'll, all good, we'll, bro. You can, let me know anytime, and I'll, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, you'll say it. We'll, we'll oh, definitely yeah. do this again. We'll, we'll de- have, you'll definitely we'll, we'll, you're definitely going to be on again for sure. You're <laughs> definitely going to be on again for sure. Let um, me know at any time, bro. But yeah, Juan Soto. Big move mm-hmm. that you guys made this offseason, bringing Juan Soto over to the to the Bronx with that field, and you know a, a lot of people like to call it a wiffle ball field up there in New York. Uh, <laughs> well, if, if you're gonna but, if you're gonna insult insult it properly, it's it's the it's the the big wiffle ball park in the Bronx because you know Reggie Jackson used to call it the the big ballpark in the Bronx. So yes, they they've called the it big the, the, the big park. wiffle ball park in the Bronx, but. Yeah, 
Um, but Juan Soto coming over, a huge move for the Yankees because mm-hmm. uh, it helps bolster the, their lineup for sure. Uh, the, in- the interesting note, though, is what what are they going to do rotation-wise behind Garrett Cole? Because it seems like it's Garrett Cole and then a who's who of you know misfits, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's that's the question that, that's on a lot of Yankee fans' minds. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Juan Soto first because apparently a lot of Yankee fans forgot before spring training that we actually traded for Juan Soto, had Juan Soto, because all I ever heard, all I heard for, you know, for a lot of the time before the season, you know, spring training started was, you know, the Yankees haven't done anything. What are you talk about? We got one of the best hitters in baseball in our lineup to go with Aaron Judge. Um, I want to say two of the top three in OPS plus over the last five years are in our lineup with Juan Soto and Aaron Judge. So I love the Juan Soto trade. But like you mentioned, as far as the other part of it, our pitch, we gave up a lot of young pitching. We gave up Michael King, who was going to be in our rotation this year. Um, So we gave up a lot of arms um, to make this trade for Juan Soto. Um, the Yankees were all in on Yamamoto, and of course, we know that he wound up going to the Dodgers. Um, so they they pivoted. They made an offer to Blake Snell for the Yankee fans out there who were you know like banging the, the table for Blake Snell. They made Blake Snell a significant offer, and he turned it down. So they pivoted again, and they went to Marcus Stroman, who I actually like. Marcus Stroman, um, he's a little bit older. Um, but he, he's got good stuff. I love his intensity. I love his tenacity. I mentioned this on my show, you know, Inside the Yankees, Pinstripe Perspective, uh, which is on the Tuesdays uh, at 7 o'clock. Definitely check it out. Um, <clears throat> but I talked about that, that the, this Yankee team kind of needed some 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 grit and some toughness and, to them, a little bit of edge to them. They, they have a lot of good guys on the team, including our captain, Aaron Judge. He was a really good guy. But sometimes you need some dogs um, on your team, you know what I'm saying, and in your lineup and in your pitching rotation. Now, Garrett Cole is one of those guys that's like that, but Marcus Stroman is another one, so I like that one. Nestor Cortez coming back from injury um, is going to be and at you, the – And you still have an outside shot of maybe bringing Monty back. Yeah. He doesn't come well, back. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not stressing Monty. To be quite honest, he did a phenomenal job for you guys, and I'm glad that he won the ring with you guys, helped you guys win I the really ring. I really think he's he, coming back. I really think he's coming back to Texas. Well, he's not going to have much of a choice. He's not going to have much of a choice. I think they, really. they, out, they outplayed their hands, a lot of them, with these Scott Boris clients especially, um, you know, expecting to get these, you know, and I'm sure some of them will still get, you know, really nice contracts or whatever, but not what they're seeking. But Monty's wanting $30 million a year. Yeah, he had a nice run, but uh, he's not a $30 million a year. Mm picture in my opinion but um a lot of people forget that you know, we signed you know anthony rondon last offseason he just was hurt a lot and didn't play well didn't pitch well last season but the two years before that in san francisco he was really good um he came in in much better shape than he did last spring training he dropped at least i would say probably 15 plus pounds he looks like he's in really good shape he's you know he said all the right things that he you know he he, he let us down and didn't pitch well and, you know, took it personal and, and he's out to, you know, so if, if he can actually get to form, not that he's a dominate, but we have our ace. We have Garrett Cole. If he can fit into the rotation like he was supposed to do last year, this year, and be a solid number two behind Garrett Cole, then you're talking about Garrett Cole, uh, Carlos, uh, um, uh, Carlos Rodon, uh, Rondon, uh, Anthony, sorry. Um, Marcus Stroman at the number three, Nestor Cortez back at four, um, <clears throat> and then um, Clark Clark Schmidt would round out the rotation at number five. He had a, he had his first full season last year. Is it the the most you know intimidating and greatest of, of rotations? No, but I think it has the potential to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still a couple kids in, in the farm system that that can be called up if needed. Um, but I think you know the Dol- the Dolphins. I still got them in my head, but the Yankees usually do a really good job of, of having a stacked bullpen, which uh, they've made some moves and signed some guys. Uh, they traded for for Ferguson from the Dodgers. They they signed um, so, some guys as well for that bullpen. I don't have it all in front of me right now, so I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, no, they, they 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 enhanced the bullpen to kind of help help out 
this uh, this rotation. But like I always say, and I mentioned it on my show the other day, um, it's all about health and guys staying healthy. You know what I'm saying? That really uh, hurt us last year. So if if the guys can stay healthy, you know, particularly again, if, if Rodon can come back healthy and pitch well next to Cortez, pitches well. Um, if if the offensive guys, in particular DJ LeMahieu and Anthony Rizzo, um, can stay healthy for the whole season, then I, I think this Yankee team will be very competitive. But I, I would not be surprised if they have to make a move at the deadline uh, to add an arm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. there's just not a lot of depth on this team as far as pitching is concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do the same thing. Obviously, we're we're in a kind of a financial bind uh, with the TV mm-hmm. contracts right now, and that's what's kind of hurting us a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, but you, you 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 you're still you're coming off of a title, bro. You coming off a, so, coming off a title, so. and, and also you're not going to have um, you're not going to have Scherzer. You're not going to have Degrom until at least August. Mm-hmm. August or September, so that's going to be kind of hindrance a little bit. I mean, Evaldi's been great, but can he can he replicate the same thing he did last year? You know, you bring Monty back, he can be that number two. Donnie's still okay. Uh, he had a great year last year. It's just going to be the pitching will be a concern. I'm not concerned about the offense at all. I think it's going to not only be as good as it was last year. I think it's going to be even better because mm-hmm. you're you're adding. You know, Evan Carter in an everyday role now. You're going to have Wyatt Lankford called up sometime in the middle of the year because he is just, he's just been wrecking in triple right. A. Right. Uh, he, he, he's, I think they started him in single A when he, when he got drafted. He ended the year at triple A, almost got called up to the, to the majors. Yeah. Yeah. So he's already, he's already doing well at camp as far as I've heard. And, you know, he could be one of the few guys that gets the call up here early on. So that's another big bet that they're getting. Right. And, and you need to have that mix, I believe, on your team. You need to have that mix of good, young, up-and-coming players and those, you know, uh, those veterans there that have known and have been through it. Um, you need to have that good mix of, of oh, these, most I think, of in my team, opinion, most to, of have, team is to have a good run. Of, most of this team is composed of guys that are younger than 25. Right, but you got some some key vets though. You mentioned Evaldi. You got you know Seager at short. You know what I'm saying? Seager, Simeon. Right, you've got those key guys that are that have the experience and have you know that are veterans in the on the team. And then you you mix some talent and youth with that. You have the potential for that. And you know, say a couple other guys like you know a lot of Yankee fans are clamoring for us to to trade for Dylan Cease from Chicago and. You know, they 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 want, which people may think that it's just a Yankee fan saying this, but there is a Yankee tax, whether you want to believe it or not. There is a Yankee tax because teams always ask for the Yankees' top prospects for every trade, but yet they'll take some lower level guys, you know, say from other teams. Um, so they're everywhere. Our number one prospect, who is this this young kid, Spencer Jones, six six, center fielder, slugger, left handed. You know, has all the tools to be potentially a really good player, and the Yankees don't want to give up their number one prospect. And I know, you know, some people, some Yankee fans may be saying, "No, Jason, Jason Dominguez technically isn't a prospect because he spent some time in the, you know, in, with the big league roster last year, and he was crushing it up until he wound up having to have Tommy John surgery." Uh, but he's already, you know, recovering well and in camp and is starting the programs or whatever. But that's another young, up and coming, switch hitting, power hitter uh, for our mm-hmm. outfield. So I like, I like, you know, where our team is at. Um, but I, I'm a big, I'm big on pitching. Um, so that does worry me a little bit. Is that we we got guys coming back from injury and subpar seasons. So we got to hope that they you know bounce back. Um, you know, obviously Garrett Cole is, is a good, you know, good number one to have. And like I said, I like the, the Strowman signing, but we got to see what happens with the rest of the rotation. And that, that does worry me a bit. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you still got to deal with, you know, Baltimore still making moves. Toronto still making yeah. moves. Yeah. Uh, you know, Houston's still going to be there as much as I hate him, just as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas is still going to be there. Seattle's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, going to try. Uh, right. Unless they mariner it up right. like they always do, right. um, 
but and then, and know, then whoever and, yeah, whoever yeah, whoever comes out whoever comes out of the you know out of the the, the central or whatever you know yeah we're contractually just, you know. obligated to talk about the central yeah yeah so sam there you go sam with your guardians um who who will probably be I, you know, I, I very good I I cannot stand the Guardians because I picked them to be in the World Series last year, and they. Completely... I don't know. I mean, it's all good. And Jonathan and hey. Jonathan and Scott will never let me hear the end of it either. Hey, it's it, it is what it is. You know, what I'm saying I I had I had the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, what I'm saying I had Trevor Lawrence winning an MVP this year, and look what look what look what happened there, man. So we we all miss on some of them, man. It, it is what it is, bro. But um. Now, nah, man, this, this, this I'm, I'm I'm excited about the the baseball season, and you know I, I love baseball as you know as much as I love football. I was, you know, I'm a Puerto Rican, born and raised in the Bronx, um, so I practically came out of the womb with a glove on my hand and, and a Yankee a fitted hat and a Yankee fitted hat on. So uh, I'm a baseball. I love baseball big time, and I'm excited about that. Baseball is 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 now upon us. Um, and I'm looking forward to the season, man. It should be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it, man. And again, you get you get to you get to you get to have the the hat of you know defending champ. So that that's a good feeling, bro. Enjoy it. Time to defend the title. Let's go. Yeah. I'm ready it is, for it. It is that time, absolutely. Yep, it's, it's great. And you know, glad that you have your own Yankee show since the three of us don't like the Yankees at all. Yeah, yeah. dude. I mean, it, it's 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 crazy. And uh, and I, I have, dude. I've lived with that my entire life. You say being a Yankee fan, you get used to that. So I don't. I don't take. I mean, I like love. That. The, I love with the, I, like being a being a Cowboy right. fan. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always I, I you know, it's, it's Yankees, it's Yankees, Cowboys, Lakers. You know, what I'm saying you get a lot of Man people. United. That, you know, saying Man United, Duke. You know, say you get a lot of those. You know, say, but you know what? They 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 hate because you you win. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. nobody be hating on losers. You know, right. what I'm saying so they hate on the team because the team was successful. You know, what I'm saying so. Granted, our you know those particular franchises haven't done so well lately. You know, what I'm saying, but they hate because you know it's they're a really good you know. They're a really good organization, really good team. So it's all good. I've, I've been used to that my whole life. So, yes, I'm excited about, uh, like you mentioned, Inside the Yankees, uh, Pinstripe Perspective. It's on Tuesdays, 7 o'clock. Um, and I mentioned on my show, if you don't mind me plugging some stuff now, I mentioned on my show I'm doing the Tuesday at 7 o'clock. And I go on for about half hour or so. Where I, again, I give you insight and rumors and my perspective on what's going on with the team. Um, I'm going to do t- – once a week throughout spring training. Um, and then my goal is once the season starts is not only will I have the once a week Tuesday show, but I'm going to have a quick recap after every game. Uh, so after every game, I'll come on and again, I'll give you my perspective on what we just watched, you know what I'm saying, as Yankee fans, you know, for, for that game. Um, so that's my goal once the season starts. And, of course, I have the Aqua and, Inj- uh, Aqua and Orange Insights uh, every Monday at 7 uh, with Alex uh, and Byron. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, the LTS show Mondays and Thursdays at 9 o'clock. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I know I'm excited for y'all's show to, to come back. You know, the Let's Talk uh, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball to come back with you, Jonathan, and, and Scott. You guys do a great job. but. Got much love and respect for for all of you guys and and for Jonathan too. And I know Jonathan like <laughs> he despises the Yankees because you know. And I'm gonna put this story out there while I have the chat. You're know, saying that they they broke his heart in '96 when he was a little kid at Disney and he was watching his Atlanta Braves. And not only did they lose to the Yankees, but the Yankees came back from being down 0-2 uh, to win that series. So Jonathan is never gonna let that go. Um, so <laughs> it is, it nope. is what it is. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited for, for or, or the time or the time that he showed up at Mets camp with the Braves hat on. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, he's, <laughs> he's, he's definitely ride or die, uh, with his Atlanta Braves and, and his team, which we should all be, you know, mm-hmm. saying that's, that's what makes it fun or whatever. And again, I don't take, I don't take none of that personally. I'm too old. You can see all the gray in the beard. Uh, I'm too old to take stuff like that personally, man. I, I'm a big time sports fan. I, I, I love debate. I love conversation. I, I love sports. I love talking about it. As you can see, that's why I, I like being on these shows and doing these shows. And um, definitely having a lot of fun. And I'm gonna continue doing it, man. But yeah, definitely check out those shows. And again, you know, hit the subscribe, smash the like, and definitely turn on notifications 
Uh, that's important. So that way you know whenever anybody's going live on LTS. Man. Two quick questions before you uh, have to leave. I know you got to get off here pretty soon. Um, You're good, bro. You're good. Favorite TV show of all time. And you, the second Ooh. question is, uh, what was your favorite sports moment that you either witnessed live or you knew exactly where you were when it happened? All right. Well, I'll, I'll touch on that one first. Um, my greatest sports moment, I mentioned it the other day on the LTS show, um, is is Charlie Hayes catching the final out in, in the bottom of the ninth against the Atlanta, you know, <laughs> the before-mentioned Atlanta Braves um, for, the, for the Yankees to win their first championship since 81. Um, because I, you know, actually, excuse me, 78, uh, because I was two, uh, in 78. So I didn't get to enjoy that world. You're saying, but, and I was 20 years old. Um, I was at my boy's house and there was a few of us there watching the game and we were jumping up and down like little kids. Um, when, when he caught that final out. So I will never forget that image. That image is burned in my head forever because that was my first championship as a Yankee fan, my, my first true championship that I got to see and witness. Um, and, you know, after going through several years of watching poor Don Mattingly um, not have a team around him and not have the success to, to watch that, that play, that play is forever going to be in my head. Charlie Hayes catching the, the final out in foul territory down the third baseline. Uh, to beat the Atlanta Braves um, and win the 96 World Series. Uh, as far as TV show, oof, this is a good one because I, I love a lot of TV shows. Um, are we talking sitcom or actual, like, just I any mean, show? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's a lot of great ones. Breaking Bad sticks out to me a lot as, as far as, you know, one of my favorite ones, but I guess – if I had to say, I mean, and this might be cheesy and tacky or whatever, but honestly, you know what I'm saying? Friends is probably one of my favorite uh, TV shows ever. You know what I'm saying? That's something that, um, you know, has been a big part of, of my life with my wife. You know what I'm saying? When we, we got together, it was, was right in the mix of, of Friends. So that was something that we watched together a lot. I mean, that's something that is is in our rotation because, you know, we the TV stays on in our room all night when we go to bed and it's either friends on or it's big bag theory is another one that, mm -hmm. I, that I love. Um, and then if you want to go a little more old school, I was a huge Roseanne fan. That's another, that's another good one too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and as far as moment, I always say the most recent one for me is, of course, Corey Seager's two run tie, game tying home run and game one oh, dude, against the diamondbacks. That, that yeah. right there signified I was like, we're winning this World Series. Yeah. Like the yeah. minute he hit that, I was like, yeah, this series is ours. We're not losing yeah. the series. <laughs> that, yeah, that was that was clutch, man. That was great. I mean, and this is the fact that he knew he hit it. The, he yeah. knew he hit it the minute it left his bat. And uh, Corey Seeger, I know you've seen him play a lot. I I never shows emotion. Never. Uh, he the I fact was that he was fired up after that home run. Yes. Nah, yeah, no, he's so he's very mellow and chill. I mean, that was a that was a huge moment, bro. So yeah, no, I'm glad he showed some excitement there. That is a great um sports moment right there. I'm I'm happy that you guys were able to experience that moment that you personally got to experience that moment. No, that's a great one right there. And I'm a big time Corey Seager fan, bro. I like I wanted the Yankees to to get that kid. Um, because he is, in my opinion, I think he is one of those dudes that will come up clutch, as you saw. Uh, when it's money time, and he did for you guys, so that's good. That's a good one, man. What am I? One of my another memory, just to throw it out there, honestly, is I can't remember the year to be totally honest, but the 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 football game where it was it was Dallas and the Giants, and your boy Emmett had the the messed up shoulder. Like I like that was edge. That's I want to say that mind. was 90, I want to say that was the ninety three game week eighteen ninety three. Okay. I just remember him running all over them because they with needed the, with, they the needed bump, with the bump they shoulder to win, to win the right. division, right? Get the number one seed, right? With the bump shoulder, and he, yeah. There's always those moments, and it's always see, it's always clutch key moments like that or whatever you're know what saying. So, mm -hmm. unfortunately, as a Dolphin fan, I mean, yes, there's moments there where you know Dan making phenomenal throws and stuff like that or whatever. But I mean, one of the biggest, you know. <laughs> 
things, which is sad to say for Dolphin fans over these last 20-something years, but one of the, the biggest images that stuck in my head is Greg Camarillo catching that slant and scoring against the Ravens so that we don't go winless. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's sad that that's one of my top memories. You, you don't remember the Wildcat 2008? I mean, yeah, I remember the Wildcat and that gimmicky stuff that we did and yes, going into New England and, and pulling it out on – uh, on the, the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick and upsetting them in that game there. Or yeah, the no, I, I remember stuff like that. In, but the it, miracle in Miami? Oh, yeah, no, like I said, yes, I, I remember stuff like that, but it's sad that, you know, a negative as far as the season because, you know, we we, we were we were on the, the doorstep of not winning a game, you know what I'm saying? So that would have been something to be the only team to go perfect and undefeated and also be one of the teams to go winless. Like that's that sucks. That's horrible. So um, that's how sad it's been for me as a Dolphin fan. That you know, saying one of my best memories is just making sure we didn't go winless um, with Greg Camarillo. Which again, Dolphin fans that are quick to want to just throw Tua out. Um, we didn't get to the ultimate goal this year, but we cannot say that it was not a fun season to watch. This it was one of the was. more entertaining definitely. seasons that I've had personally as a Dolphin fan since Dan Marino. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely been a fun season to watch for sure. Yeah, man, it was it was it was really, really and, a lot of fun, man. And we never once this is this is something I had to say about Dak too. We never had a Cowboys quarterback ever lead lead the league in passing yards and touchdowns. That's never happened. Yeah. Not with Staubach, not with Aikman, not with Meredith, not with any of our quarterbacks prior. Dak did it this year. Yeah, it, I mean, so. again, he you know saying he he had a, a really good season. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's stuff like, again, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, the ultimate goal is to win a, a championship. You know what I'm saying? That's what mm -hmm. you want to see your team win. You know what I'm saying? Like, Herm, remember what said. You play to win the game. You know what I'm saying? You want to see the title, um, but you can enjoy the ride in the process. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you want to hold on to stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You can have a good season and not win the ultimate. You know what I'm saying? Yes, is it the most successful season? No, because you didn't win the ultimate goal, but you can still have a good season. Which Dak had a good season. Tua led the league in passing. He had a good season. It just didn't finish off the way they wanted it. Right. Which happens. Only one yeah. team is going to be happy at the end of the day. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like that's and it's most likely like, going to be Kansas City, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, it looks like you know what I'm saying. Like, no, nah, I, I don't. I mean, he he's phenomenal, and the Chiefs are, are a great team and organization, and they're they're you know uber successful. Obviously, these last several years, but. Uh, there's a lot of good teams and good young quarterbacks in the AFC, so it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot of fun, man. I'm looking. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens in this offseason and what teams do to try to, you know, fill that gap to to get close to Kansas City. Right, Johnny. As always, appreciate you being on. Uh, Love get getting to chat with you. Uh, I know you said it at least a couple times, but remind the people uh, where they can find you at. <laughs> Um, yo, I know you've got all your shows that you've got coming up, but uh, where can the people find you at, man? Um, yeah, you can find me on, on X, I still call it Twitter, but X or any social media platform, you can find me. I, you know, at the Yankee Finn. Um, again, you can find me all over Let's Talk Sports. I'm part of the LTS show, the you know, on Mondays and Thursday nights at 9 p.m. with you know, Nick Bodkins, uh, Sam is the first down. Um, Tanner, um, when he can, because he's produced everything else. And of course, the Hall of Famer, the one and only Scott Cobe. Um, Aqua and Orange Insights with my boy Alex. Uh, you could see us Monday nights at, at 7.30 now. That was an adjustment, you know, because people work and life happens, which again, that's why you want to have your notifications on. But Mondays at 7.30, Aqua and Orange Insights, where we talk all things Miami Dolphins. Tuesday, Inside the Yankees, Pinstripe Perspective. Uh, where I break down and give you all everything you need to know, New York Yankees. And again, once the season starts, I will be doing a post-game quick recap, um, where again I give you my perspective on what we just saw um, that game there. Um, and then again, like I said, Mondays and Thursdays the LTS show, and we'll see what happens down the line as far as other things. And then whenever Alan wants to have me on, I will be here on a one-on-one -on -one with AP, and you can. You can catch all of our stuff on Spotify as well. If you can't watch it on YouTube. 
Definitely. Definitely go check out the Spotify for sure. Cause mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that goes up on, on Spotify as well. Absolutely. Um, won't go over the full list because there's a lot a lot that I'm doing this week, but I will just say next week <laughs> on this show, next week will be at noon Eastern because my guest will be uh, Paul Redmond from Good Teams Win, Great Teams Cover. Uh, obviously, he's based out of the UK, another Cowboy fan, so I get yes. to be Great guy. He's a great, great guy. guy. Puts yeah, out man. great great content, too. Good dude, man. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be great having him on uh, mm-hmm. next Saturday. That'll be at noon Eastern. Or if you're watching this out of the UK, I believe that's 5 p.m. UK time. So uh, definitely check all that out next Saturday. And, of course, all the other shows, like Johnny said, there's something on here for everybody. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, Mm -hmm. click on the bell, all that good stuff. If you're here on YouTube, like I said, go check out the Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, check out the YouTube and everything else. Tanner's, as we mentioned, is doing a great job producing everything and putting all this together. And it's only going to get bigger from here, y'all. It's only going to get bigger from here. So keep an eye out. Uh, any last words, Johnny, before we end off here today? No, just want to say thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And like I mentioned, um, you know, to start the show, um, I'm in total agreement with you. I love the fact that Tanner, who you just mentioned, uh, put Dan's voice into our intro now. Um, I miss him. Um, you know, I miss, I miss him greatly. Um, but it's nice to hear his voice uh, to start off our shows now. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I'm sure he is he is looking down and hopefully he's happy with what we've done as you know as a family with LTS. But I know for sure he's looking out. He's 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 super proud of you, Adam. Man, you've, you've done you've done a, a great job, man. And, and just keep on going. Um, I know you know guys like to poke fun and stuff like that. But like we said, you know we're a big family. We do that, but. Um, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And I know Dan is, Dan is also proud of you, bro. Yeah. And again, it's like Nick says, we raise each other out of love. So absolutely. We wouldn't do this if we didn't, you know, if we weren't the family that we are and really we have Dan to thank for that. Dan brought us all together and made us a family. So, you know, miss him every day for sure. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for watching tonight. I uh, hope you have a great rest of your night. Again, like I said before, check out everything else here on LTS. Everybody does an awesome job in putting their shows together. Uh, Tan- shout out to Tanner, of course, for putting everything together as well. Um, but until then, hope you guys have a great night. Love y'all. Stay safe. For myself and Mr. Johnny Cruz, we're out. Take care, y'all. Thanks so much for joining us and until next time, let's talk sports, friends. Thanks for watching.